Our lesson today comes from Acts, the 17th chapter. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was deeply distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he argued in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and also in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Also, some Epicurean and Stoic philosophers debated with him. Some said, what does this babbler want to say? And others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign divinities. This was because he was telling the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. So they took him and brought him to the Areopagus and asked him, May we know what this new teaching is that you are presenting? It sounds rather strange to us. So we would like to know what it means. Now all of the Athenians and the foreigners living there would spend their time in nothing but telling or hearing something new. And then Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they should live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. As even some of you, your own poets, have said, for we too are offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that the deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Here ends the reading. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears, that we might hear a word for us today anew, and so that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. According to the text, I think I like to think of myself here at Shepherd as the chief babbler in residence. I think that actually should maybe become my title. It maybe is a little long to fit on my name badge. 
Uh, this morning, um, if you're a guest or a visitor, this is not my normal approach to preaching, but it's a, a little bit of a special day. It's a day when we as a family of faith gather together for our annual programmatic meeting, and I've taken the opportunity for the last, which I can hardly believe this is true, almost nine years I've taken this opportunity to do this and to talk a little bit about us as a family of faith together. Uh, and so I want to do that this morning. Just a little over a week ago, on April 20th, as a family of faith, we gathered together right here in the sanctuary to celebrate and to give thanks for the life of Quentin Weberg. Many of you know Quentin. He was a long-time member of Shepherd of the Hills. He was 97 years old. He got up on his last day of life and came to church and had communion. He went home, had supper, laid down, and didn't get up. Uh, an amazingly fitting end for someone who lived such an incredible life of faith. And as we gathered together on April 20th to celebrate his life, it just struck me, and I say this often with our staff, it was just shepherd at our best. And so I just want to reflect on the day, and I want to reflect on what I think makes us as a family indicative of what God has called us to be. It went something like this. The beginning of Quentin's funeral service started off with Pastor Joanna talking a little bit about Quentin and capturing the essence of who this guy was. He would sit out there, many of you know, he'd get here early, he'd sit out in the back, he would greet everyone, you could not walk by him and not say hello. And the other thing about Quentin and uh, that everybody who came to Wednesday Bible study would, would know is that when he was done, he was done, and he would get up and put his coat on and just leave. It didn't matter if we were done or not done, he would just go. But the great thing about it is Pastor Joanna, in that brief moment of introduction, actually caught who Quentin really was and who really is. Because she saw Quentin, and she knew Quentin, and she loved him. This is what pastors do. We see people, and we know who they are, and that's what Joanna did for Quint. In the middle of the service, of course, Emily and Shepherd Song, almost all of Shepherd Song, was there, and surrounded and I think literally sang Quentin up into heaven as you are so lucky to get to hear on so many Sundays. And I'm just always amazed at people who will pause and take time out of their busy lives to come and to offer music and to celebrate, especially to take time out on a Friday and come and sing. Thank you, Mark. That was the highest song I've ever heard sung at a funeral before. I, have you recovered? It was up there. Not at all. That's what I thought. <laughs> I'm grateful for all of our musicians, Emily and David, and everyone who every single Sunday comes and gathers us for worship and reminds us of one of the most important things in life, singing and music and the art and poetry of God's love. One of the other gifts that we heard and got to celebrate on that day was Pastor Hub, our senior pastor emeritus. Hello. One of the great things about having pastors who have hung around for a long time and I mean long time, <laughs> is that Quint was known by more than one pastor, and Hub knew Quint and loved Quint long before I did. And the beauty of having Pastor Hub speak beautiful words of eulogy for funeral services is to remind us of the fullness and breadth of people's lives. And I am always so grateful, Hub, that you take the time to do that. It makes us as a family richer when we remember our past and remember the stories of Quentin when he was younger and vibrant 
And I am always so grateful for your kind words for all of those faithful saints of Shepherd who have gone before us. It is Shepherd at its finest. And then, if you don't know Kevin, who's back there with the camera around his neck, please smile and wave, Kevin. Nope, please, thank you. That was terrible, Kevin. <laughs> Gene, would you wave for Kevin? <laughs> thank you. I think Kevin, on uh, that particular day, pushed every chair and table around in the place twice and put his hand on it, either setting it up or taking it down, as Kevin so often does. Everything was clean and fresh and welcoming, and then I get to sit with Kevin as we're having lunch with all of the babies that came and are dropping all the food on the floor that Kevin just cleaned up. It is the perpetual nightmare of every custodian. That and glitter. If you want to piss Kevin off, just bring glitter anywhere into the church at all. I'm grateful, Kevin, for all of the chairs that you push around and all the glitter that you clean up. And Kevin is the most pastoral person on our staff, if you haven't figured that out. <laughs> and then there's our funeral team. Sharon, would you please smile and wave? Come on. Virgil, do I have to make you wave for her too? Thank you. One of the things that happens at Shepherd that I know doesn't happen in too many places is that they get real food and they are surrounded by people who have put that food together, buttered every bun and laid every piece of meat out and welcomed each and every family graciously and kindly. And if you ever get a chance to come here for a funeral, it is a foretaste of the great feast to come. And if you really want to know what love feels like, it's the piles and piles of sugar-laden bars that get handmade and laid out for everyone to eat. I swear I gain 10 pounds every time we have a funeral. I'm grateful for all of our funeral folks who come and help. It is a feast, and people know it. I know it because as I sat with Quentin's family that afternoon and had the chance to talk to them, one of them who I didn't know walked up and said, from the time I walked in to the time I walked out, I knew there was a spirit here that was of God and loved me. And all they did was walk in the door uh, because they were surrounded. His daughter has decided to keep coming for Wednesday morning Bible study and I'm so grateful because there's always an open spot at our family's table and it's you who provides that open seat and that chair when you greet people and welcome them, whether it's Sunday morning or Wednesday or whatever day you happen to be here. I tell you all this because this is what I think it means to be a family of faith, to be people of faith. This is what it feels like to love God and love our neighbor in the spirit of Jesus. I see it in your eyes. I hear it in your voices. I watch it in your hands as you greet and serve and love and care for one another. One of the things I know, <clears throat> because I fall into this category, is that we are certainly not perfect. But in our imperfection, God has caught us up in his love and is pouring it out into the world through your regular human hands like yours and mine. And I know it's not just here, but I know that love of God and love of neighbor and the spirit of Jesus gets poured out in other places because I hear you tell me about it in your places of work with your coworkers, in acts of kindness and compassion, at home, in words of forgiveness and love and encouragement, and most importantly, the safety of being able to tell the truth about who we are and our families with vulnerability and our hurts. And out in the community in places of volunteering and PTA groups and as coaches and nonprofit volunteers, the love of God here spills out into all of life through all you say and all you do. 
If you've been a member at Shepherd for a while, you will know and remember Oli and Jenny Gunderson. I, I don't quite know how this happens. I've yet to figure out how institutions actually have memory. It's like the bricks and the pews and the seats and the tables and the chairs remember stuff. Uh, one of the things that uh, Oli and Jenny used to do, well, actually, I should say, Oli did it, Jenny made Oli do it, <laughs> is Oli would put all the coffee cups on funeral days and even on Sunday mornings in the winter into the oven and warm them up so that people got a warm cup to put their warm coffee in when they come to church. I have to tell you, that's an amazing thing. It is also insanely ridiculous, but... Somehow that spirit of hospitality has poured itself into the very fabric of this place, and it's just unbelievable to me. Because what it means is there is always that empty seat, and someone new is always welcomed. I've, I've been lucky enough to be in touch with Jenny every once in a while uh, since she moved out to Washington, and she called the other day. She, it's usually in the spring that I either get a call for Jenny or we get a note from Jenny, and she called me, and she said... Hey, Pastor Scott, I just wanted to talk to you for a little bit. I've been reading the newsletter. She says, I am always amazed at all of the things that are happening at Shepherd of the Hills these days. She always wants me to remind you that how much she misses all of you. So I am fulfilling that obligation. Jenny Gunderson misses you all very dearly. What she decided is that she wanted to make some gifts out of her estate before she died so that she could see what some of her gifts and money are going to do in the world. And she said, is there anything you're working on at Shepherd and could you use a little help? I said, well, of course, we're going to try to renovate our upstairs, and here's what we're going to do. Oh, that's great. I remember those ugly accordion doors. That's spectacular. And, I, and she said, I will give you a special gift. And I hung up the phone, and I thought, well, that'll be great. We'll get a few hundred dollars or something like that. And when she said, just put it, to the, put it to the renovation of the upstairs. So you can imagine how hard I fell down on the floor when we got a check for $20,000 the other day. Uh, and with a little note that she said, thanks be to God for all that's happening at Shepherd of the Hills. The spirit of Jesus is alive in all of you. And it's like leaking out into the world as far as Washington. And people who have lived and loved and had their lives here continue to hear about the things that you're doing. And then they write us a check for $20,000 to care for our house. Thanks be to God. Just the last couple of things. I don't know if any of you have been here when Brian Henning stands up and gets all of our kids singing. Have you seen this? This is a miracle of epic proportions, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I don't know exactly how he does it. And then it was so perfect that he took a selfie this morning. He has managed all of our electronic media for the last many months. And uh, I know people are finding out about what's happening here because Brian posts stuff on Facebook. So go home and like us on Facebook if you would, please. And then share that picture of all those kids because there's nothing better than that. I'm grateful for Brian. I'm grateful for Sean. Where's Sean this morning? Sean, I know you're here. Smile and wave. Thank you. <laughs> Man, you'd think, you'd, think, you'd think this was like a workout this morning or something. <laughs> Many of you know that our uh, financial and church management software system blew up, literally, this, uh, right before our annual meeting at Christmas. And so, Sean, I think you've had the highs and the lows of everything that can happen in a church office this year as we forced her out and made a new office and then moved her back in and celebrated having a new office, thanks be to God, and then the software system blows up, which is a colossal headache. If you've ever had any sort of software blow up in your world, you know that when that happens, it is a nightmare. And so Sean has weighed through all that and got us back on track. Sean, I am grateful for all that you do and for all of that work. 
And then lastly, I just want to say special thank you to our council who have taken hold of our engagement appeal and our strategic planning process and made it their own. The things that our teams and our leaders on our church council are doing are actually quite extraordinary. I do hope you'll stick around afterwards because they're each going to get the chance to celebrate and give thanks for what they've been up to. Uh, and they want to tell you about it, and I certainly would love for you to hear that. I, I also think you need to know how much time, energy, and effort it takes to serve on church council. It's a heap of time. Uh, and I am grateful because I know there are lots of places that you could be. Uh, and so to be here for two and a half, three hours once a month and then hanging out with your team for another couple of hours, I am spectacularly grateful. And then, this is amazing to me. Shepherd's capacity for love is really pretty extraordinary to me. Just about the time that I think we've reached our capacity and couldn't do one more thing, somehow as a family of faith, as I call us, we're small and mighty, finds like there's one more thing left to do. This past year, Pastor Joanna and uh, our refugee sponsor group have raised almost $6,500 by asking for change. Uh, unbelievable. Um, and her and Pastor uh, Melissa have fully funded tapestry for an entire year. That's never happened in tapestry's existence. I'm grateful. I am extraordinarily grateful. Uh, what Pastor Melissa and tapestry are doing in the world is quite extraordinary and something that we couldn't do here. The people that she meets and greets and welcomes into the family of faith are people that might not come into our doors. I'm grateful. And then our collaboration with Calvary is well underway. I think they're going to hire a pastor sooner rather than later. Please, God, sooner rather than later. <laughs> and then, last night. Um, how many people were here last night? Oh, good. Here's the... <laughs> I, seriously, I'm not sure where the capacity ends uh, for this family. There, last night, we, we stopped and paused and tried to raise some money for Mental Health Connect, one of our new and most recent partnerships. It, it falls into the category now of the Blake Road Collaborative and Tapestry and Calvary. It, it raises to the level of that kind of partnership. There was joy and laughter and hope. Susie Jones told an incredibly moving, I thought, and personal and deeply truthful story. We just need more places to tell the truth about who we are as imperfect people and that mental health issues are real and normal and need to be dealt with. And then I looked at the total amount of money that we raised last night, and it was almost $15,000. Good grief, ladies. Yeah, for sure. I mean, seriously, good grief. Uh, and then I just have to say thanks to Kay, who uh, drove most of making all of that happen. We are so grateful, Kay. Uh, and for even raising the conversation that we need to talk about what it means to be people of faith talking about people and ourselves who have mental challenges. It's important. I'm grateful. So to all of you, I am grateful. I, I am really, I'm just, I am deeply amazed at the capacity for our family of faith to take care of our needs here, but then all of the things that are happening in the world. Just when I think we've reached capacity, God's love overflows from the people of God here at Shepherd of the Hills in new and unexpected ways. And I think the best of what God has in store is still out ahead of us, which I find to be just absolutely remarkable. The promise and the hope of the resurrection is real. It is calling out for new life through us and through our family of faith all the time. The family of faith at Shepherd at its best. Thanks be to God. Amen.